listeners, this is Helena, and this afternoon we have a special fashion episode for you. We have the darling, the wonderful, the brilliant Father Dominic White and Sister Rose to answer all my questions and any questions you might have about Catholic fashion. Hello, Father Dominic. Hello, Sister Rose. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. (laughs) Listeners, I have been wanting to talk about fashion for a long time and the stars have aligned. The Holy Spirit has blown us together so that we can talk about this today. We were thinking, well, I was thinking, what do I wear to watch the Queen's funeral this last Monday? What, What do I wear? Do I need to wear a hat? Do I wear black? Do I find some medals of honor? I've got a marching band medal. Can I wear that? And now, Ooh, listeners, wow. I've got Father Dominic and Sister Rose to help us with all the answers. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you both sitting down? Oh, oh yes. yes. We're sitting Thank down. You. Yeah, we're all good to go. Listeners, you must picture in your mind Father Dominic White, a Dominican priest, Order of the Preachers from Cambridge, educated, uh, with a smart brow uh, and the, the white robes. Do you have the black cape on too, Father Dominic? No, I mean, I must say this room was cold enough when I came in here, but we put the fire on. So we don't wear the capes, actually, until All Souls Day. <gasps> oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is, yeah, there, is it just All Souls Day till Labor Day? I mean, what's the story with... Oh, sorry, we're well, jumping this, the gun. You will really love this, actually, that we wear the black cape all the way through the winter and all the way through Lent, and we throw it off in the Gloria at the Easter Vigil. <sighs> Wasn't that great? Wasn't that show clothes are important? Yes, that is so amazing. This makes me want to just go to a Dominican mass for the Easter vigil just to see the cloak. Could I Uh wear a cloak too? And and does like the whole congregation throw off the cloaks or just the Dominican? That's a thought, isn't it? Perhaps that's a new tradition to come in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Love it. Thank you. So, listeners, that's what Father Dominic's wearing. Sister Rose is still a novitiate. Uh, not a novitiate. You're in your second year of becoming a Dominican sister. Is that right? Or you've already a sister? Yes. That's oh, right. Second year novice. There you go. Do you have a? Do you get a special badge or or necklace or something to let everyone know? Oh, I'm still a novice. No, but we do actually. We we are distinguished by the color of our veils. So, um. As for, for us as Dominicans, when a sister is wearing a white veil, that's a sign that she is a novice. And when she makes her first profession, she changes to wearing a black veil. So that's how you can distinguish between the novice and the professed sisters is between the color of their veils. Ooh, and do you have black cloaks as well? We do. So they're called kappas um, and we have them just as the, the friars do. And we follow the same uh, rhythm, if you like. So we put it on on All Souls Day and um, we take it off at the Easter Vigil. Oh my goodness. I can already picture my Facebook post for All Souls Day. I want Father Dominic and Sister Rose with their black veils. <laughs> all right, all right. Listeners, I've got the phone lines open in case you have any questions. It's only a short time. At four o'clock, we go over to our catechesis, but I thought, ah, if you guys want to have some fun with Father Dominic and Sister Rose about fashion as well, why not? The number is 01223-375-564. But let's talk about veils. Now, listeners, the black veils we're mentioning are like these big cloaks. But you may see in parishes, or you might be familiar yourself, 
with wearing a veil. Uh, this You could definitely see this in films about Catholic churches. Usually you've got a few women, older women wearing veils. Father Dominic, what, what's up with the veil? Well, I must admit, I do find this quite a challenging topic, and that's also why I'm glad that I have a Dominican woman with me here as well, so we can preach together on this subject. Because I am aware, when I was little, certainly more women, older women, were wearing veils in church. Now sometimes it's younger women wearing veils or hats. But I am certainly aware many Catholic women I've spoken to found it quite a negative experience in the past. It was really part of being invisible and inaudible in church. And then, of course, I was very challenged when I looked at St. Paul, because what does he say in 1 Corinthians 11, 6 uh, and 11, 10? For if a woman will not veil herself, then she should cut off her hair. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or to be shaved, she should wear a veil. For this reason, a woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head. And that's a very accurate translation, actually because of the angels. Now, what on earth is all that about? And I looked into this and I went back and what it refers back to, do you remember that passage in Genesis, Genesis chapter six, which actually the beginning of the story of the flood when the sons of God, that is the angels, looked down to earth and they saw that the daughters of men were fair. And what they did, and this was a fallen angels, they were very bad indeed. They came down from heaven and they married the women. <gasps> and then they begot the giants. And the giants, of course, caused all the trouble, which ultimately resulted in God flooding the earth just to start everything all over again because it got that bad. So what it said to me, if however it may come across to us, what this goes back to is, is actually St. Paul must have understood the veil as some sort of protection for the women in his congregation. So, but I don't know if Sister Rose has more thoughts. Father Dominic, I have missed that part in Bible in the Year for Gen Father Mike Schmidt. So you missed out on this whole Giants thing. Oh, I love this. See, listeners, fashion and Bible trivia. Oh, Sister Rose, what do you think about this? Yeah, I suppose I would um, add two points to that. Um, so in scripture, it's made clear that our bodies, both as men and as women, are temples of the Holy Spirit. And if you go into a Catholic church, you will see the tabernacle. And the tabernacle is generally got um, well, we, we, a veil, you could call it, or a piece of material over it. So the idea is that um, what is holy is veiled as a sign of its dignity. So um, because our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, because we recognize the holiness of the tabernacle, which contains the body of Jesus, um, we, we veil them to sort of um, indicate that they're sacred, that there's something mysterious, something beautiful, something awe-inspiring about them. So I think that's also part of it. And um, again, going back to Genesis, uh, woman in particular is the pinnacle of creation, right? That's what we hear. That's what God says. So um, having, so a woman retains a sense of mystery um, if she, she has a, a kind of a veiling of herself, if you like. Did um, they, the other thing, oh, sorry, sorry yeah. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, the other thing I would just say, just as a sister, um, is that uh, we wear veils really as a sign of um, being a bride, really, in a sense. So um, it's that kind of visible sign of um, being a bride of Christ. So for us, um, 
that's how we would understand it um also you know to have a kind of um, marital um mystical marriage a symbolism of that as well oh i got to be a bride for a day you get to be a bride every day <laughs> oh i love this <laughs> I'm going to invest in my own. Well, I, I I also wear a veil during masses, and I it's it was a little what was it? it was an experiment at first because I saw some young women wearing veils, and I thought I want to be in with the cool young person trend. <laughs> the full disclosure, confession to Father Dominic. There you go. Whoa. And um, but then it's also it's really become this centering for myself uh, of focusing on because I didn't want to look around I couldn't look people in the eye when I had it on for some reason I was like oh so I focused on my prayers and I focused on my family at the time and it has revolutionized my mass experience uh, because it really does I've, I'm more confident wearing it now I think it was very much a humble oh don't look at me in my in my my fashionable veil but now it's become no, it's like little blinders for a horse. Like, I'm going to focus on this. It's also helped my kids know that mommy is in prayer mode. So don't, don't mess with her too much. And so it's become this lovely thing for my children to be a part of as well. So I'm not sure. That's not all with tradition and stuff, but it's been helpful for me. And I, and it makes me also think ahead of time, do I have everything I need for church? To be honest, I just keep a veil in my purse now because who knows when I'm going to be walking into a church and go to mass, but I'm always ready. But Father Dominic, mm -hmm. did men have like a corresponding uh, veil? I guess if you look at films, Jewish men used to wear the hats and stuff. Is there in the Catholic church, did You've got popes with the lovely hats, the little cardinals and the bishops with the little tiny hats. Is there a male equivalent? Well, it's lovely. I'm so, I just got to say first, Helena, that I was really moved by your testimony just now. I'm really grateful because I think what you've done is you've done that work that we do in theology of tradition, which is not just what we hand down, it's the process of handing down. And we're always discovering anew. And I'm so happy to hear your testimony that it was a positive experience for you. And I think in the past, and maybe it showed things already creaking a bit, a lot of things just seem to be done because society was quite bossy too. You do this because I tell you and because I'm in charge. And, and that is oppressing. And after all, Jesus restored the equality with men and between men and women, which had been lost at the fall. So that couldn't be right. But I'm hearing you having this positive experience. And I think for men in the church, men don't wear, I mean, there is the Jewish prayer shawl. Um, Syrian um, Catholic and Orthodox monks wear uh, something a little bit like a veil on the top of their head with crosses on it. So um uh, it was a marvellous sight from above. I remember seeing from the first floor window once and all these. Um, I thought they were women initially, but then I saw the beards and I thought, no, um, no, definitely not. I mean, when in the old Dominican rite mass, at the beginning of mass, I put my um, hood up on my habit and on my alb, and then I bring it down. And also some, you see some priests wear a hat called a beretta. It's a sort of four-cornered hat. You might have seen it. Again, you maybe see it more in films. Uh, but then it actually becomes almost a choreography of on and off. Uh, so maybe it's a different way uh, of concentrating uh, rather than being veiled all the time. Maybe the concentration, you're, if you get distracted, you're reminded by putting the hat, the hat on or taking it off again. And the bishop, of course, wears a skull cap during mass 
or wears his mitre. So you've got the on and off thing. Yeah, little secret for you listeners. Bishop Alan Hopes has shared with our youth team that in order to keep his little mitre on place, he, sometimes he uses blue tack <laughs> to keep it on. <laughs> uh, another positive of my veils, Father Dominic, is that, and we'll get back to this, is that there's so many different choices and now I've got a special one for Easter, a special one for Christmas. Oh, uh, I will take things and get it carried away. Oh! Wow. Well, yeah. Easter but, bonnet. Exactly. Well, it I am from America and we I did have an Easter bonnet all throughout my eight years living in New York. Uh we would have a different bonnet each year and it became bigger and bigger and bigger. Wow. But let's go on. We've got a caller actually, Father Dominic and Sister Rose. We've got a caller with a question. We've got Elizabeth on the air. Hello, Elizabeth. You're on air. Hello, hello, Father Dominic and Sister Rose. Uh, I've got a a couple of questions, actually. Hi, so um, yes, I've, I've just read that 63% of the world's population watched the funeral, the Queen Elizabeth's funeral. And I think we were all blown away by the uh, impeccable behaviour of Prince George and Prince Charlotte and Princess Charlotte. And we noticed that she was wearing a hat. Now, did women, do you know, did women have to wear hats to that funeral? And if yes, did Princess Charlotte have to wear one? Um, and... Um, if one is invited to a Catholic funeral, is it, uh, do we need to wear a hat or is it, a, you know, a sign of respect perhaps for an older um, person? And this just brings me on to another question. Can one wear a hat during a Catholic mass? I think the only time I have worn a hat in church is when it's freezing in the middle of winter. But sometimes <laughs> about halfway through, you know, and probably before the consecration, I begin to feel a bit awkward and that it's not really respectful. And so I kind of whip it off. So are there any, what are the, what are the rules around hats during mass? Good is question. my ultimate question. Thank Good. you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. That is a great question. The short answer is we don't have rules about this. I mean, it certainly was a strong custom in the past that women covered their heads in church. I think what's important is that, you know, just like we have different spiritualities, I'd be very interested to hear women's different experiences of wearing hats. I mean, some people, when they come to church, you know, men and women, they like to dress up. I had some wonderful students from Nigeria when I was a university chaplain and they didn't, it wasn't like really formal clothes, which I think some people got fed up with. I mean, if you were to wear a suit all week, why do you want to wear one on a Sunday as well kind of thing, you know? But they would just wear really amazing clothes, sometimes traditional clothes. Um, but although I sometimes felt it became a bit of a fashion competition, to be honest. But um, I think it's important people come to church in, dressed in a way that is respectful and is comfortable for them and also is sensitive to the local culture. I think with a Catholic funeral, people will generally, I think maybe the majority of people tend to wear black or at least some black, won't they? Mm -hmm. Um, I think with the hats thing, it does tend to be a bit mixed. I suspect, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert on the royal family. I need to ask my mum about this, but um, that probably they were told what to wear in advance. You should wear black, you should wear a hat sort of thing. Just like all the military were in their dress uniforms and so on. But I don't think there was a rule as such about Catholic funerals. But I do find, as I say, that most people tend to wear black or at least some black. If you're, um, and that, does that, I guess if you're in a habit, then you just have to wear your habit. You don't have to change to the black habit. 
Um, I would actually, well, for example, where I went to the Requiem for the Queen, which um, Bishop Allen offered so beautifully last week, and uh, although it's still sort of only early autumn, I instinctively put my black capper on and hood over my habit. And um, Sister Tamsin and Sister Anne I went with did exactly the same. We didn't have to think about it. You know, it was just sort of, you know, you wear black because it's a funeral sort of thing. There you go. Thank you, Elizabeth, for that call and question. Listeners, we've got eight more minutes left. If you'd like to call, the number is 01223-375-564. But Father Dominic, let's keep going with this Sunday best, this uh, dressing up nice, dressing up. Does it become, when is there pressure for it to become like a catwalk a oh what's because i admit i very much love to see the different finery that my fellow fellow parishioners will put on especially during confirmation oh i love to see an outfit on confirmation any any catholic uh, traditions with that and anything for us to be aware of uh, or wary of with dressing for church I mean, I think St. Paul says also elsewhere about women not sort of, you know, or is it St. James? Sorry. I, I um, Anyway, in the New Testament, there is a, you know, about the lots of braided hair and jewellery. Timothy, thank you, Sister Rose. Timothy, it's Paul's instruction to Timothy that it shouldn't become a fashion competition. It does sound like it was a little bit. Um, and that is distracting. I think really it's respect and it's modesty and i know that modesty is often a very loaded um idea command and it can be seen very positively the veiling the holy as sister rose said earlier or actually about oppressing women hiding women making excuses and men behaving badly so um i mean i don't mind do you have some thoughts about that because it's such a it's such a tricky one, this. Mm, yeah. Um, I suppose just to pick up on your points um, from uh, the word. Um, so modesty, as used in the New Testament, generally actually refers to um, not, um, it's not specifically about clothing that is sexually provocative. It's about clothing that's flashy. So modesty is, is it has more of a financial sense. So not wearing um, very kind of expensive, flashy, outlandish clothes simply for the purpose of um, one, of not being a distraction. And two, it does build on what's said in Saint in the opponents of um, not being, uh, not revealing too much of your physical body, which goes back to the idea of veiling. But it also has a lot to say about it not being um, flashy in this in a financial sense. Um, so there's something there about, um, you know, I suppose asking ourselves how much do we spend on clothes or um, do we have more than we need or um, do I buy things just to um, make a statement about my wealth or my status? Um, so I think that's important. And then perhaps the other thing is, um, I think I would actually say in our culture, we're more prone to not dressing up for church than to dressing up. And I think maybe that's because uh, the way in which we distinguish parts of our life is now much more flatlined or much more blurred. So it used to be more obvious that we went to church, we went out to a funeral, we went out with our friends, we went to work and we had different outfits for each. Whereas now these things are all kind of blurred together. You can work from <laughs> home or, um, and I think that affects how we dress in general, right? So um, we don't have such strict concepts of the work outfit you can go to work in jeans you can go to a wedding in jeans so i think there's something to be retained about um 
outfits, we dress according to an occasion. Um, and I think there can be something that's quite helpful about that. And also brings into our mind that we sanctify every part mm. of our life. We make holy every part of our life and how we dress can communicate that. Um, Ooh, I like that, Sister Rose. Yeah, yeah. How we dress communicates the same. Oh, I like this. I'm going to I'm going to quote that to my boys this Sunday when they're like, I'm going to wear shorts. I'm like, no, you must sanctify it. You're going to become a temple for God. You better put on some shoes. Oh, I like this. I like this. Maybe that can almost be a bit like after all, the, the priest wears vestments and we have different colors or different degrees of decorativeness, I suppose depending on the feast. So maybe that's actually a way of participating there. I remember once, um, I think it was when they were a chaplain that for Leitare Sunday, Rejoicing Sunday in Lent, we got everybody to wear something pink. And yeah. it was just such fun. And it was wonderful. And that was a real celebration of clothes and a celebration of the body and worshipping God. Oh, let's do that. Because that happens on Pentecost as well. It's like, oh, wear red, wear red. Oh, Let's start putting, preparing our newsletters now. It's good to, yeah. I like this. I like this. Uh, th one last thing, but because we've only got two more minutes. Uh, weddings. is uh, We talked about going to a funeral with a, a hat. What about, we know the, the bride wears white, I guess. Uh, is that, what do we, what do we as the rest of the, for a uh, Catholic wedding, are there any rules of fashion for that? Again, I think, well, as a priest, nobody, if there are, nobody ever told me. Um, I think that there is a sort of an awareness in the past that sometimes, you know, male clergy telling people in general, but especially women, what to do. Um, also, people were maybe more reliant on a uh, there being an ambient surrounding Christian culture. But I think, again, I really, I can't add much to what Sister Rose just said, because I think she put that so well. I mean, there should be a celebration, obviously done in a way that doesn't make posh versus poor, is not provocative, is actually lovely. And do you know something? And I, I want to give you an example of this, because I've seen it working. I remember a few years ago, I think it's just when we were coming out of COVID, that the students here in Cambridge from Fisher House Catholic Chaplaincy, they had their garden party in our garden. And it was just like kind of culture gone right. That they were really lovely. The, the girls wore really lovely, lovely dresses, which are just beautiful and just look great and celebrated womanhood. The men were wearing blazers and nice trousers and some of them ties, some not. But again, looking nice, not looking like slobs, you know, looking really good, looking like gentlemen. Um, they all behaved beautifully towards each other, towards us. And nobody got drunk and nobody threw up in the flower bed. So isn't that great? <laughs> and I thought, I was so proud of them. And I fed that back to them, actually. And I thought, that looks like Christianity to me. Oh, I yeah. like that. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we when Father Dominic hands out his next garden party invitations, no <laughs> shirt and tie and shoes required. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Father Dominic and Sister Rose, for joining us. Can I? Uh, oh, you've only got a minute. Can you, uh, both of you, uh, give us a quick little prayer uh, to to have the Holy Spirit guiding us with our mm. fashion choices? Um, Lord, we thank you for our bodies, that part of us, and we thank you for the resurrection. And that may, particularly as we worship on Sunday, may the way we dress, the way we comport ourselves, 
show forth that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit as church together and show forth your glory in worship of you and for the uplift and edification of our neighbour. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you both so much. All right. You guys have a lovely day. Make sure you put on a hat or a scarf. It's that time of year and enjoy. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Have a lovely afternoon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Blue velvet through my teeth.